You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about our food habits, but first let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I would like to report that we have almost made it to the end of January. By the time this comes out, that will obviously be a dated statement, but I am very excited to be here. I think January is the hardest month for me. It's very long. It's the coldest month. It's very gray and dark, but I think I've been doing okay handling that. And we also got a good snow yesterday, and I had a cozy winter moment reading my book with my hot chocolate with the snowy window in my eyesight, Mm. and that felt really good. I've been trying to embrace more moments like that. Lovely. And the snow was also really fun for the kids to play in. So a highlight at the end of a long month. Yeah, it has felt really long to me too. What is new with you, friend? This morning I gave a science communication workshop. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. It was the ComSciCon for the Triangle area. So there are communicating science conferences all over the U.S. And I've spoken at the Triangle one in person before. Mm -hmm. And this year I was invited to do the first workshop of the weekend, which I did, I think, the last time in 2018 in person. But it was so nice to be invited. And then I found out while the organizer was introducing me that she's also a fan of the pod. Love it. (laughs) Thank you, Chung Wei. It was awesome. I really appreciate you having me. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What's your latest read, Sarah? I read Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. This is a suspense novel set outside of Sydney, Australia. The Delaney family has four grown kids. Before their parents retired, they ran a tennis club throughout the kids' childhood, and tennis is really the main focus of the family's life and their family history together. Partway in, Savannah, a stranger, arrives at the parents' doorstep in distress, and the parents take her in. A few months later, the mom goes missing. No one knows what happened. And then the book goes back and forth between present day, where they're trying to find out what's happened to Mrs. Delaney, and back to the arrival of Savannah and seeing what transpired with her interacting with the family. I loved hearing about a family obsessed with sports. I find that really fascinating and actually would have loved for there to be even more of that in the novel, how it impacted the kid's childhood especially and what that was like to be a part of. Overall, for me, it was the right level of creepy slash suspenseful. It was intensifying as you went, but mostly mild throughout. What I didn't like is there were a couple of very unlikable characters, which is always a challenge in a novel, especially ones that I think I'm supposed to like that I don't, and that happened in this book also. Mm -hmm. And then I also was not on board with one of the main revelations of the book and didn't feel believable to me, or it made me really angry if it was believable. (laughs) Anyone who's read it, feel free to DM me. I would recommend this if you like domestic suspense novels. I think this is a good one, but I would have to say it's not my favorite novel of hers, that the Mm. other ones I've read in the past had felt more gripping and more engaging, and this one I felt a little more removed as I went through. But it was still an enjoyable ride. What have you been reading? I recently finished It's Not Me, It's You by Vari McFarlane. This is one of her older novels. We've talked about her more recent books. I got Mm -hmm. kind of obsessed with them and read them multiple times last year, but I hadn't gone back to her older stuff. And 
This was fantastic. So the setup is Delia proposes to her longtime boyfriend, then discovers he's been sleeping with someone else, moves to London to stay with her best friend, and finds herself. And there's like some kind of heisty stuff along the way. I just really love the way that McFarlane writes friendships. It is such a strength of all of her books. Along with that representation of relationships that she does so well, she also does really great, funny dialogue. I think maybe her older books have this even more, but I love the British slang. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I called someone a bloke the other day and Andrew was like, who are you? And I was like, it's just (laughs) the books that I've been reading. And this one also has a very great and satisfying ending. So Mm -hmm. yes, I would recommend this. I'm a Vary McFarlane stan. I love everything she's done, basically. Same, same. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to our topic for today, food habits. These are the things that we rely on in our lives that make feeding ourselves and our families quick and easy. I would say we are medium good at food habits, so we'll talk about that today. But listeners, we would love to hear about your food habits. So keep that in mind as we're going through that we might need some tips from you. (laughs) Indeed. Let's talk first about things that are not quick and easy food-wise or that don't feel especially good about our current food habits. We've been really struggling to figure out a good routine of who's doing what on what day, and then it just always feels so amorphous and overwhelming in a way that once I start doing it, I think, oh, cooking dinner is fine, and it doesn't take that long, but it feels like a lot because I don't think we have a good handle on the mental load. And so that piece of it looms over the whole experience. And then it also feels overwhelming to address that. So we haven't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Going in a different direction, another thing that does not feel great is the amount of packaged foods we've been eating. And I don't mean this from a processed food is not healthy point of view, but the amount of plastic that we go through to feed our family right now feels like so much. And this was a focus of mine several years ago when the kids were younger, really trying to reduce our plastic use. And we have been leaning hard into the convenience of prepackaged things, which feels understandable and reasonable in our current circumstances, but just doesn't feel great. I hear you. We are also sort of limping along with many prepackaged foods Mm-hmm. Just because when the day is so full and there aren't that many hours to do things, even 30 minutes to cook dinner feels like a lot, especially if it's 30 minutes of active time, especially mm-hmm. if my children are screaming at me while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I think some of it is that beginning of the semester, not quite in the routine Yet, with like what everybody's schedule is when, plus we've had some illness in the family that's been kind of miserable and that has affected how much and what people want to eat. Mm -hmm. But we are also leaning heavily on the packaged foods. And honestly, I don't really see that shifting soon. But maybe the listeners have some tips and they will throw them our way after we release this episode. So... The things that are working, what are your best quick breakfasts, Sarah? For the kids, they are very into frozen chocolate chip waffles from Kroger. When we don't have those, they do bagels with either cream cheese or butter and jam. This is great because we 
recently procured a toaster before we were toasting things on our stovetop on a cast iron pan, which was not something that we could turn over to the kids and obviously had a high rate of error in terms of when they are done versus not. Now we have a toaster and they can just toast their own stuff. It's great. Been really working for us. For me, I don't really like to eat a big breakfast, but my favorite easy breakfast is leftovers. I don't like sweet things in the morning, so I would much rather have leftover enchilada casserole, which is what I did today. And it was really satisfying. And I'm going to have more of it for lunch when we're done recording. Sounds great. My kids' favorite breakfast is cinnamon raisin toast with cream cheese. So we buy, Mm. you know, the swirl bread. It's like very Mm -hmm. fancy swirl bread. And Plum can actually put that in the toaster oven herself. Mm -hmm. So that's really awesome. And the cream cheese, I feel like, gives it an extra oomph in terms of staying power and protein. Mm -hmm. So love that. They're not starving again an hour later if we do that. Scrambled eggs are a hit. And Andrew will do that a lot. Our chickens are laying again, so there are tons of eggs. They went through a low laying period when our new hens weren't laying yet and our old hens were molting. But now everybody's laying. So some days we get up to six eggs, which is totally awesome. And then on mornings when the kids are going to eat breakfast at school, I just try and give them a little something to get them out the door. And Mm -hmm. what I have found works best is either hot chocolate or chocolate milk. Mm -hmm. They feel like nice and warm and a little bit full and they get the sugar to spike their blood sugar. So they're not screaming at us as we're trying to herd them out the door and they get a little protein to hold them over until they get their breakfast at school. Yeah. And then my breakfast pretty much always is cereal. Or if I'm in a hurry, I make a large chai latte with a chai concentrate that I keep in the fridge. So I just heat my milk up, pour the chai concentrate in, and then (laughs) eat a giant apple. What about quick and easy lunches, Sarah? This is an area we have not optimized. When we do a grocery list, I almost never put anything on it specifically for lunches. Mm Mm-hmm. We rely really heavily on leftovers for me and Neil, and then we have a shopping list for what we send in the kids' lunches, Mm. but then that ends up being different than what they're wanting to eat on the weekend. The best thing we found recently has been a grilled cheese or PB&J for lunch for them as something that's usually what they're open to and willing to stop playing to come and eat, Mm -hmm. but that's about it. We don't have a great lunch system other than making a lot of food for dinner the night before. Our quick go-to lunches are box mac and cheese, either Annie's or Kraft. Both are a hit, usually. Ramen, which sort of comes and goes. If I am feeling very fancy, then I will make it as a soup and soft-boil some eggs to go with it. Mm -hmm. My kids love the soft-boiled eggs, so Mm. it's almost like they might just eat soft-boiled eggs on their own, which is something I need to remember. (laughs) Yeah. Quesadilla is always a hit leftovers, and very occasionally sandwiches, though that is not a huge hit with really anyone except for me. (laughs) What about quick and easy dinners, Sarah? The ones that we rely on and try and keep ingredients on hand for are quesadillas, cheesy chips, eggs and potatoes, and bagel sandwiches. Those are our standbys. We usually all sit down for dinner, but sometimes we have casual dinner which means you don't have to wait for everybody to be at the table before you can start eating, and you can read your book at the table if you want to. The kids love this. I also love this. (laughs) It happens most often on days when Neil has a late meeting, 
And sometimes on those nights, I'll just make popcorn and cut up an apple and call it a day. Love that. I have been enjoying stocking up on some frozen entrees whenever I'm in Indianapolis and make a Trader Joe's trip. My favorite things there have been the gnocchi and the dumplings. And having those in the freezer and knowing that I can just dump something and heat it up and then have food to eat has been a real comfort both while eating it and just knowing that it's there. But we are running very low on our items from our last trip. So I'll need to think of new ways to stock our freezer to make life easier. Our go-to dinners are beans and rice, which is not quick in terms of how long it takes to cook, but the prep pieces. Mm. So if I'm home early enough Mm -hmm. to put it in, I can just ignore it, basically. Do you not do any vegetables with it? Beans and rice I love, but actually feels like a lot of work to me. It does not feel like too much work. And I will say that I very rarely offer a vegetable for dinner. Mm. Mostly what my people get is a choice of a fruit that they can pick themselves Mm -hmm. and an entree. I can't get it together. I I made stovetop mac, which is another go-to for us, the Mm -hmm. other day and heated up frozen broccoli. And I was like, this is gourmet, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So we are not offering a vegetable much at our house. (laughs) All right. Other hits are frozen pizza, very quick, breakfast tacos, eggs, tater tots, tortillas, cheese, and sauces, Mm. also very quick. Yeah. Trader Joe's favorites are edamame dumplings and orange chicken, Mm -hmm. stovetop mac and cheese, which I mentioned, and breakfast for dinner, which can be anything from just eggs to eggs and toast to egg in a hole to cheese grits and eggs, Mm. usually Mm -hmm. eggs because we have so many eggs these days, but Lots of variations on that. I love breakfast for dinner, but that also feels like a lot of work to me because there's often multiple components, Mm. none of which are that hard, but it feels like a lot to put it together sometimes. Yeah. I think what really works for me, particularly about the breakfast tacos, is that I can put the tater tots in the toaster oven, Mm -hmm. and in that time, I can scramble the eggs. So it's Mm -hmm. really however long the tater tots take to cook is how long it takes, which is like 20 minutes, which feels really reasonable. Yeah. And there's no vegetable offered. So (laughs) there you have it. (laughs) So what things do you keep on hand to make all of this easier? We'll start with cabinets and pantry. Always beans, rice, and lentils because I feel like a lot of our meals are based on that. It doesn't always feel quick and easy because I feel like I'm normally making a bigger entree when I'm doing those. But I also always feel like there is something to make if you can just find that motivation. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of nuts of various kinds. Pistachios and cashews are favorites. Refried beans for bean dip. That's one I didn't mention for easy dinners or lunches that I like to make. Having bean dip, sour cream, cheese, and chips. Mm. Produce that I like to offer my children include canned pears. And they really like those, and so do I. So we've been keeping those for nights where having cheesy chips, and then we have a can of pears and put some carrots in a bowl, and that is your well-rounded meal. It sure is. What's in your pantry? Well, I put eggs in this category because we don't refrigerate them. Ramen, box mac, pasta, and chocolate chips. Mm, yes, chocolate chips. Pepper is starving by the time he gets home from school, Mm -hmm. but I can usually say, would you like a small bowl of chocolate chips? And Mm -hmm. so I'll put like eight chocolate chips in a little bowl for him and he eats them slowly enough that it distracts him while I throw together 
whatever 20 minute thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good one. We also love chocolate chips, either doing it as part of a mix with other nuts and adding chocolate chips to it. And for a while, my kids were really loving sliced up apple with chocolate chips on top. Mm. I think they were still eating the pieces separately, but it was, do you want some apples and chocolate chips? And the answer was yes. Sounds delicious. What about in your fridge, Sarah? The most important things in our fridge are milk. He feels very sad whenever we run out of milk. Cheese. Lots of kinds of cheese <laughs> for all kinds of cheese eating experiences and apples and pears. It's so interesting you keep your apples and pears in the fridge. Don't they make your teeth cold? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think my teeth are sensitive to cold, so we keep our fruits like that at room temp. To each their own. <laughs> yep. So in our fridge is cheese. So much cheese. <laughs> Chocolate milk and yogurt pouches. Those are pretty much the guaranteed mm. things in there. What about in your freezer, Sarah? Frozen corn. Really love this in quesadillas and several other entrees that we have. and always feels so good when I open the freezer and there is frozen corn in there for whatever I want to make. We also go through phases. The kids haven't done this recently, but in the past, of eating frozen corn just in a bowl when you mm. want something to snack on. I did that growing up and really liked it. I'm going to need to try that again with my people. I think they've just forgotten about it. <laughs> And waffles. Yum. In our freezer is Jim's spaghetti sauce, which is something that I stock up on when I go to Nashville. Hmm. This is a friend's family restaurant that's in West Virginia, but now she and her brother are making and selling it in Nashville at the farmer's market. So whenever we're up there, we buy it. Mm -hmm. And it comes in like a yogurt size tub, mm -hmm. which is enough for one pound of spaghetti. Okay. It is delicious. So good. Hmm. Reheats really fast, even from frozen. You just put it in a pan and thaw it. And by the time you've thawed it, the spaghetti's done. So that's really quick. Frozen fries for cheese fries, which is another one I didn't mention, but a huge hit. Trader Joe's stuff. And my children, in a similar vein as yours, love frozen corn. Mine love frozen berries. Mm. They just want to eat them frozen. Mm -hmm. We also have gone through phases where we have popsicles in there, mm. which is another one that they like to get, especially the whole fruit popsicles. They'll eat like two of those for a snack, which is a hit. Yeah. What are your best hangry snacks? Popcorn, though requires a certain activation energy to make it. Cheese sticks, a handful of nuts plus chocolate chips, and Stacy's chips, preferably the cheese kind. My hangry snacks are fruit, so clementines, bananas, apples. Something that I can get into that there is chewing and sugar right away. Mm. The small peppers I've been getting lately, the little mm -hmm. bell peppers I love, and chips of any and all kinds. <laughs> what are the things that you have on hand that are easy for your kids to get themselves, thus requiring little to no work from you? Mostly granola bars and fruit snacks. They eat so many of these. So many. This would have stressed me out a few years ago in terms of the packaging situation, but I am rolling with it. I love that they can get it themselves. I love that they mostly get the wrappers into the trash can. Great way for me not to have to go into the kitchen to make something. Mm -hmm. Fruit snacks, also a huge hit at our house. Also cheese sticks, peanut butter spoon, which is get your own spoon, stick it in the peanut butter and eat the peanut butter off the spoon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yogurt pouches, which I mentioned, and applesauce pouches, which I did not mention, but are a mega hit. Mm. 
that's another one that is a fruit of choice for dinner time that you can pick your own pouch. And if you are very hungry before dinner, you can eat it before dinner. There you go. So that's a snapshot of our food habits these days. As I said before, listeners, we would love to hear what your food habits are looking like and whether you have any tips for us to make things easier, smoother, less packagey. Send them our way. Let's finish by talking about what we've been eating. I want to share a new breakfast casserole. This is something that I made on Christmas Eve and just have yet to talk about on the pod. This is a croque madame casserole from Pete and Jerry's, which is a egg company. It was basically a breakfast strata where you soak the bread and eggs and stuff. And there mm-hmm. was ham and gruyere because it's a croque madame. There was also bechamel sauce and then eggs that you crack over the top and then put it back in the oven and let them harden, but not the yolks so mm. that it was kind of runny when you get it out. Yeah. And it was delicious. That does sound really good. I tried making a new bread. This is from Sally's Baking Addiction, and it is called Everything Bagel Pull Apart Bread. You make a dough, and then after it rises, you roll it out, and you spread a cream cheese mozzarella mixture out on top mm. of it. And then you use something circular to cut out pieces. I just used a large plastic cup and you fold them in half and then set them upright in the bread pan. And you do oh. that across the whole thing. So you have these little packets of dough plus cheese. Yum. And then across the top, you melt some butter and then put the everything bagel seasoning mm-hmm. across the top. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I filled a whole bread pan with what they had. And then there were leftover pieces. She suggested it would be so easy to then make a pizza. And I was like, I don't have the stuff to make a pizza in addition to this. <laughs> so I rolled up the little pieces of dough and then put them in muffin tins. So we had little rolls oh, yeah. made of the same thing. And the kids actually really liked that part of it because I did some without the bagel seasoning on top. And I think they preferred that version. This was so yummy. I will say it was not as good the second day. You really mm-hmm. got to commit to eating it. Like hot out of the oven. Mm-hmm. But it was well worth the effort. Sounds delicious. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. All right. Is it me? I'm away from that page now. Hold on. I think I still said it the same way. It doesn't matter. It's It doesn't matter. I'm moving on. (laughs) She's not going to hear this podcast. No. Oh, I had wrote more. (laughs) I have more to say.